0: Like going to uh, law school, you know, you learn how to be, you learn how to be a trial lawyer, when you get trained up by the Baltimore Ravens. He did not test great. He's not ultra explosive, but you know, Terrell Suggs didn't test all that great either. Ozzy doesn't talk a lot, but every time he opens his mouth, it's pretty, pretty sure you're going to get something good out of there, and uh, something you need to keep a note on and remember.
1: Welcome into the lounge. You know, we're a couple of experts here, but sometimes we like to bring in other experts. There's no limit on experts. I mean, you can spread around
2: the law. There can be a lot of yes, experts out there.
1: For sure. Definitely, definitely. But as long as we all know that we are the
2: top uh, we experts. We are definitely the main experts <laughs> on everything. Not just Ravens, just pretty Beers. much everything.
1: Beer. Pumpkin beer. Definitely.
2: Yeah. So, the expert that we're talking about today is uh, Daniel Jeremiah, NFL Network's uh, draft analyst, former Ravens scout, and so I talked with him, you know, d- dug deep into the Ravens draft. So, uh, we're going to have an interview with him. We're going to do something a little different this week. You know, normally our podcasts are a little bit longer. Uh, this week, we're breaking them up, giving you more, though.
1: Yes. We got two, two great guests this week. Daniel Jeremiah And Mel Kiper, You've probably heard of those guys. You ever heard of them? I have heard of those two guys. There's
2: some big time guests this week. So everyone wants to know who the Ravens are going to draft, what the draft is going to look like. And we've been talking about it for a while. So we got two guys that look at it from a big picture standpoint. And also, they know this team inside and out. DJ was a former scout, like I said. Mel Kuiper lives in the area. so those DJ, are just,
1: wow, look at you. You're on like a first on, name, nickname yeah, basis. Yeah, we're on the nickname here. basis. Wow. So we go way back, you know? Nice, <laughs> nice. We're nice. cool like that. Uh, and just so listeners realize what's going on here, Garrett was the only one that did the interview. I did not because I was on vacation in Norway. Shout out to Norway. It's gorgeous. Uh, the truth is, you said, you said you never wanted to do an interview when one of us was missing. And now all of a sudden you feel totally fine with that after I set up these great interviews with Mel Kuiper and, and DJ. The truth is, my guy DJ
2: said he would only do the interview when you were gone. So I said, <laughs> okay, perfect timing. Uh, but before we get into that interview, I want to share this. We've been asking for people to send in audio questions. Yeah. And you can do so at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. We got one from Paul. Here's the question.
3: Dear Garrett and Ryan, greetings from Rocky Mountain Ravens country. I am rocking it here in the Denver Burbs and wanted to leave you an audio message about my love for the Ravens and my love for the podcast. One of the best days of my sports life was January twelfth, two 2013 when the temperature went down in Denver and my wife and I bought cheap tickets to go up and freeze our butts off in the upper deck as the Ravens made their Super Bowl run. I cried and yelled so hard when Jacoby Jones caught that bomb from Flacco that tears froze on my face. A Super Bowl party later that year, and I was so proud. My question for the podcast is, how can the Ravens increase their fan base nationwide? So many other teams had wide geographic fan bases. I am drowning here in a landlocked state. Thank you for taking my audio question. You guys rock.
2: So, for, as a question from Paul, you know, he's, you were at that game out in Denver. You remember that?
1: Yeah. Maha Miracle? Yeah. Hell yeah, I remember that. It, it was, was amazing. It was great. Have, have you warmed up from that yet? I think this <laughs> is, you still might be kind of cold. The celebration afterwards warmed me up. The sprinting and cheering I was doing in the press box, you know, I got toasty.
2: Yeah, I totally get that. So, one thing I want to tell Paul, and this is something that really is not just for Paul and fans out in Denver. This is really for something for all of our fans across the world. Our
1: global fans. Oh, our international fans are all International,
2: point. domestic, everybody. So if you don't live in the Baltimore area and you want to say, all right, I want to get together with a group of fans and watch Ravens games. Well, we make that easy for you. On our website, we actually have, if you go to the Flock page, that's right, there's a navigation right off the top. Mm-hmm. You go to Flock, and then you can go to Find a Flock. And so what we have there is you can look... There's an actual map, and it shows you different Ravens flock fan groups all across the country where fans get together. We've sent them, you know, a welcome kit with flags and koozies, some swag. Nice. This is a way to get some free swag. This is a way to get some swag. So we sent a bunch of different groups some swag, and we have different Ravens flock groups all across the country. And actually... So, to Paul, there's one out in Denver. It's the Rocky Mountain Ravens. That's a great name. It's one of our founding groups, and they're featured on the map. So, if you're, again, if you're somebody that doesn't live in the Baltimore area and you just want to find some other Ravens fans, members of the flock to connect with, go to that Find a Flock
1: page on our website, and that's a way to do so. I want to know what our weirdest one is. Like, is there like a Tulsa? ravens mm. fan group i don't know we're you gonna gotta to get on the this map out. you got that's I, you they, also need to get on the if map. there's a listener in tulsa out there start it up there we go <laughs> um so go ahead
2: and do that and as always if you have audio questions or just regular email questions you can send them to us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net
1: so with no further ado let's bring in our guest your boy apparently dj dj <laughs> Daniel, you've been, you
2: know, obviously diving into the draft, getting to know all these prospects, but I want you to kind of go back in time, put on your Ravens scouting cap here for a quick second. What's going through Ozzie Newsom's mind right now?
0: Well, really kind of just putting the finishing touches on everything. Um, They're in the middle of their meetings right now, kind of their last, pretty much their last group of meetings, to just get everything dialed in on their board, um, go over and discuss, you know, what took place on these visits that they've had with the players, uh, recap the pro days and all that stuff and kind of kind of get everything finalized here. They'll have one more meeting uh, right before, but for the most part, um, they've got the hay in the barn, and that's one thing the Aussie's so good at is, is getting this thing all dialed in with, with Eric and Joe Ortiz and, and, uh, and getting this, this thing set up way ahead of time so that there's not a lot of panic uh, once you get to draft week.
2: So, Ozzy always talks about the process, and you mentioned the draft meetings that are going on right now. That's obviously, you know, kind of a big piece of the, the process. What's share some insight with me in terms of what kind of conversations, the intensity of those meetings? Come, you know, I see the scouts and the coaches come out of the draft yes. room this week, and sometimes they look like they're drained. You know, by the end of the day, and it's kind of, you know, they joke around that they're going to battle in there. What are the conversations that are happening, you know, behind closed doors?
0: Well, I mean, one thing you you always want is you want guys that are passionate, and you want them. guys that are going to kind of fight for the players that they want to be on the team. So um, you have it. I, I always equated it to like it was it was like going to uh, law school. You know, you learn how to be you learn how to be a trial lawyer when you get trained up by the Baltimore Ravens in the scouting department <laughs> because you got to know your stuff and you got to think of what the arguments are going to be. You know, hey i got to go in there and, and you know, for instance, um, I'm Corey, you know, I am I'm know, like Corey Davis um, a little bit more than Mike Williams. So when you go into that draft room, you have to know you're going to get asked about, um, you know, Corey Davis playing at the MAC. So, I, you know, I would do my homework and have a list of some guys that have come out of that conference that have been pretty darn good. I'd have, a, I'd have my notes from having studied him against every Big Ten team that they've played since he's been there. Um, so you kind of anticipate what you're going to get hit on and be able to defend to defend your grade and, and where you have a guy. So um, it was great. We had great discussions in there. The thing is, we could you can go at it pretty hard, and then we'd leave the meeting room and we all go play hoops. So <laughs> right. It, it was no, you don't take anything personally. You just, at the end of the day, you want to get the best player for the team, and, and passion is a good thing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I was you, you probably figured I was going to ask you about the wide receivers, and you mentioned Corey Davis, Mike Williams, so I guess I'll just jump right into that. Who do you like more?
0: Yeah, I like Corey a little bit more. Okay. I mean, they're touching each other on my sequence list. I have uh, Corey as my 10th player. Mike is my 11th. Um, so, I, I, shoot, I think they're both great. I, I, the only thing I would say is I think that Corey can, can do everything Mike can do. I'm not so sure that Mike can quite do everything Corey can do, and that's why that's why I have Corey Davis over him. Just in terms of Corey's a little quicker. Corey's got a little more juice. Um, so he can not only after the catch he can break a tackle like Mike does, and Mike's even a little bit more physical than Corey. But Corey will break tackles. I think Corey's a little more likely to run away from you than Mike. But the reason
2: I'm guessing that you think that Mike Williams will be gone is probably the the ankle injury for Corey Davis that maybe scare a little you know yeah. scare a few people off, and then I'm guessing the conference the fact that Mike Williams did it for the national champion where Corey Davis was in the MAC.
0: Yeah, and I mean just look at, at at Mike and what he's done, the level he's done it on. And just purely the health factor. Now, you got to remember Mike had the, the broken neck the year before, so that will get factored in. But, you know, Corey's not going to get a chance to run a 40 before the before the uh, the draft. That's an issue for sub-teams. And just coming off an unfortunate injury while he was training, which doesn't seem to be a big deal, some ligaments in his ankle um, he had surgery on. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's kind of a little bit of an out-of-sight, out-of-mind deal with him where I think you could see Mike uh, end up going ahead of him.
2: Well, I mean, here we're Daniel Jeremiah. You can follow him at Move the Sticks on Twitter. Also catch him on the NFL Network every night on the Path to the Draft at 6 p.m. every night on the NFL Network. So, Daniel, uh, I asked you at the combine if you go back about the Ravens eventually finding an heir apparent for Terrell Suggs, and yeah. in the latest mock that you put out, you had Baltimore taking Derek Barnett, you know, the pass rusher from Tennessee. If they were to go in that direction and Barnett's there at 16, how happy do you think the folks here in Baltimore would be?
0: I would think they'd be pretty happy you talk about somebody that's been uh, ultra-productive in the best conference out there in the SEC. He's a skilled pass rusher. He's got great hands. Um, He he did not test great. He's not ultra-explosive. But, you know, Terrell Suggs didn't test all that great either. So I don't think he's on that level of a player. But I, I think some of the knocks that other teams will have on him, I don't think the Ravens will quite get caught up in that. And the guy just plays. He's, you know, he's he plays like a warrior. I mean, he plays hard. Uh, kind of fits what they look for in their guys. So, man, I think he's somebody that you know you got a chance to to get on the field right away, and and hopefully carry the torch for the edge rushers they've had there for a long time. So, uh, over the
2: off here, we you know, Ravens have invested in the secondary. They signed Brandon Carr. They brought in Tony Jefferson. But they've pretty much made it clear that they're still looking for for corners. But in looking at the first round and your mock drafts and a lot of the mocks that are out there, it seems like they're kind of in no man's land a little bit in the first round. That you know, especially after the injury to Sidney Jones, he was a guy early on that a lot of people thought you know maybe would be interesting to them at 16. Does it look like they're kind of in no man's land and maybe they wait until the second day to pick up a cornerback?
0: Yeah, they could do that. I think the only risk is that you're going to see a run on these guys in the late first, early second. So. If you, if you pass on somebody that maybe you felt it's a little bit early uh, for where they're picking at 16, you might you might get shut out on a bunch of dudes before you pick again. So um, you, you better have a long list of names that you'd be okay with in the second round because I do think we're going to see a run on these guys. Um, I, I don't think it would be a tremendous reach if they took Gary Conley from Ohio State. Um, I, I think that he'd be a good player for them. Height, weight, speed, and can really play the ball down the field. And then I think you've got some some guys that are just really, really solid safe players in Tredavious White and Shadobia Wuzier who may may not end up being all pros, but I think they're really, really good number two corners that can play inside, outside, and also even have some safety flexibility. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I don't think those would be bad picks. And, and Ozzy's talked in the past in the draft room about, you know, hey, let's not miss in the first round. Let's uh, Let's look at guys and look at kind of their floor and and, you know, we talked about hitting a double, you know, there's nothing wrong with hitting a double in the first round. Get a guy that's going to start for you for eight to ten years. Uh, that's a good first-round pick. So I, I think both those corners, uh, White and uh, Awuzie, kind of fit in that, in that realm. Ideally, you'd like to trade back a little bit if you could and, uh, and just get a little extra sugar and then still get one of those guys.
2: DJ, it's interesting hearing you talk. You kind of sound like it reminds me of, of things that I've heard from Ozzie and DaCosta over the years. Some of those analogies, like hitting the double, all that kind of stuff. I mean, does that, do you take that with you? Is that something that on a daily basis as you're looking at these players and you're analyzing it now from, you know, from the media standpoint, but, but do you take all of those conversations that you had with, with Ozzie and Eric and Joe Ortiz over the years and you still use it today?
0: Yeah, no question. I mean, I feel very fortunate just to be in the field that I'm in. Um, I mean, I, I guess it was, I would equate it to somebody that was working, uh, you know, if you're working for, you know, a business network and you had a chance to sit under Warren Buffett <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> uh, for a long time, you know what I mean? Like, I, that's what I, I kind of got a graduate-level education from those guys. There's nobody better. Um, when you talk about Ozzy, you talk about Phil Savage, you talk about DaCosta and, and Ortiz and that whole group. Um, you know, you, you sit there and you listen. I mean, I think that's advice I'd give to anybody that was going into a into a new job or, um, you know, hey, keep your mouth shut, your ears open, and, and you can learn quite a lot. So Ozzy doesn't talk a lot, but every time he opens his mouth, it's pretty, pretty sure you're going to get something good out of there and uh, something you need to keep a note on and remember. And, uh, you yeah, know, a lot of those phrases that I use now are phrases I heard in that room. Uh, you know, shoot, it's been 10-plus years ago.
2: Right. You know, we always talk about that, too. Ozzy doesn't like to do the media stuff all that often, but when he does, you know, you get a lot of gold out of him every single time he talks. (laughs) No
0: question. No question.
2: So I'll let you out here on this one just about Ozzy, He loves the Alabama guys. Um, But one guy who we haven't talked a lot about where the Ravens do have a need as a potential first-round option is Reuben Foster. You know, Zach Orr, had to retire this offseason, so they have a need. They obviously took Mosley there. You know, I don't know if you spend two first-round picks in the past few years on inside linebackers, but do you think there's any shot they would go Ruben Foster there?
0: I think there's an outstanding shot. Okay. I think Reuben's one of the ten best players in the draft, and that's, again, what they do better than any, everybody else historically is they don't get caught up in need, and they're going to take the best player available. And I'd have to believe if Ruben Foster got there, He'd be the highest player on their board. I'd be shocked if he wasn't. Um, if he were to slide down that far, I think that slide would end right there.
2: Awesome. Well, hey, it's always good to catch up with you, Daniel. Uh, you, you know, fans out there can can catch you all over the place. You also have your own podcast with Bucky Brooks, the Move the Sticks podcast, um, and so all of your draft insight will be there as well. So, thank you so much for the time, and uh, we'll be watching you on draft weekend.
0: I appreciate it. Have a great one.
2: All right. See you, Daniel. All right, so thanks again to uh, Daniel Jeremiah just to get his perspective on everything related to the Ravens draft. And I'll say this, Ryan. You and I have gone back and forth on this, but one thing that struck me is that he's on board with your boy, Corey Davis.
1: Oh, yeah. That's my guy. Yeah.
2: I mean, Flacco's guy too, by the way.
1: Yeah, Flacco texted his brother to get a scouting report because his brother is a backup quarterback at Western Michigan. Um, but I I like Corey Davis a lot, and I said I like him a little bit better than Mike Williams, even because to me, Corey Davis is like the ultimate sleeper. I think that teams are gonna pass on him because he's not, he hasn't run the 40 at all. You know, he didn't, he kind of tore some ligaments in his ankle, which meant he didn't do his pro day, didn't participate in the combine. But this dude, when you've put on the tape. Is fast. I mean, he's running away from people, and so I think that he's going to drop on some boards for that reason. And I think he's a better route runner than Mike Williams, from what I've seen on my my uh, extensive film study. The tape, yep. yeah, the tape. Uh, he he's a fast dude. Runs great routes. Can go up, make big plays. He's almost as big as Mike Williams. Everybody talks about Mike Williams' size he and is. his ability yeah. to go up and get the ball. He's almost nearly the same size uh, in terms of height, at least. Yeah. So. I think Corey Davis has it all and could be a real steal for the Ravens at number 16.
2: Yeah, I'm leaning towards. I'll just give you a little hint here. You can't go stealing (laughs) off my paper. Mm -hmm. But I'm leaning towards Corey Davis in my mock in the first round. Wow.
1: So you're kind of ripping me off because I said he's the better receiver.
2: Well, I, I don't think Mike Williams is going to be there. I think uh, there seems to be some late buzz on him that he's probably going to be gone before the Ravens are on the clock. But maybe that, So DJ said out? too, right? Yeah, he thinks that he's gone. Yeah. Daniel says that he thinks that Mike Williams is gone. I think he, right, lately he has not going uh, number five overall oh, to dang. the Titans. Some people are talking about that. So, And the other thing, too, I just thought it was interesting that if Ruben Foster's there, like no one's really talking about him. But yeah. if Ruben Foster is there, don't rule it out.
1: You put on the YouTube clips of him and holy moly, that dude's lighting dudes up. You talk about YouTube clips. You gotta yeah. look at his high school highlights.
2: We're going back a little ways on this. Yeah. I'm just
1: telling you. What do you- you know everybody's high school highlights? I, I, Dang, I, I, down I, and you're getting in I'm depth. A
2: fil- I'm a film guy. Um, but seriously, no, look at his high school highlight tape. It's ridiculous. It's like one of those uh, just crazy high school YouTube highlights where he just just crushing guys i don't think some guys have ever recovered from those hits it looks like the same thing happened in college
1: i know it didn't really stop <laughs> once he got to college so i don't know so i mean i inside linebacker for the second time first round in the past three years yee, yeah i don't know that seems a little weird to me but if he's talented i mean it worked out in carolina keekley and thomas davis worked out in san san francisco when you had Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman out there. I mean, sometimes you get those tandem inside linebacker groups and your defense is just filthy. So, obviously, this is just
2: uh, one piece of our draft conversation. But like we said, said earlier, we're bringing on Mel Kuiper. later in the week and we talk more Ravens draft with him get his perspective and he's like in the offensive lineman we'll get into that in an episode coming out later this week but that's a little teaser for you so if you have questions send us your thoughts your emails your criticisms your critiques well of which there are none of which there are none at the lounge at (laughs) ravens.nfl.net thanks for listening everybody and we'll be back with you later this week with Mel Kuyper